conversation and there will be no vote and there will be no border bill at least what they've put forth in the senate tony katz 93 wibc good morning good to be with you find everything at tonykatz.com the podcast at wibc.com the deal wasn't a worthwhile deal now is this a deal that mitch mcconnell really did negotiate from beginning to end as senator chris murphy has indicated throwing uh, Mitch McConnell under the bus. I'm willing to believe it. Are we going to see the end of Mitch McConnell as the leader in the Senate? Yes, we are. I don't think that's a, a question. There are real questions about why you would move this piece of legislation forward. Well, Tony, it really did something about the border. No, it didn't. It said, here are some great things that we could do. And look, we'll write them down. And then here are all the things that can be done to counteract those things. Have a nice day. Started with a number that was certainly untenable at 5,000. Why would you think border protection kicks in at 5,000 people? And why would you tout that as something of strength? And not 5,000 people, 5,000 asylum seekers where you have to have these encounters before these rules can go into effect. Why would you look at that and say this is a value? That's an issue. That is not something you move forward with. So there'll be no vote. There are going to be votes on on Israel funding, votes on Ukraine funding, just not a vote on this border bill. Those other votes will take place separately, which I have always favored, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. But something got said, because I'll get more into this, this border legislation and where we should go, what Republicans have already passed and Democrats refuse to look at. You want to talk about people being intransigent? I mean, that's just a reality. But Senator James Lankford, who very much so was hung out to dry here, but you were okay with some of the things in this paper, and that's just that's just a bit of madness. Although I will admit the idea that fellow senators are uh, screaming for your head, I think is awkward. Senator Langford made a statement in the Senate yesterday that I want you to hear. Because as I put out on social, to say this is not enough. Listen. In fact, I had a popular commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, none, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. Name names. 
I want names. I want to know what commentator you're referring to. Who said, I don't want this solved? Name names. Let's hear it. Because this, this Senator Langford is nonsense. I'm not even saying it didn't happen. Name names. Don't put out there, oh, I've been threatened. Name names. And do it today. I want to know. I want to know the person who thought the politics were more important than the country. I want to know the person who said, if you solve this problem, I'll come at you. I want, I want, I want to know who they are. I don't think he's going to say, but damn it, I want to know. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I know, I know. Never believe just one poll. I'm, I'm there. Never, ever believe just one poll. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Good to be here. Uh, We've determined that it's allergies. We've got that pretty much determined. Now I got to figure out what the allergies are and what you take uh, to make the madness stop. It's, 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 it's not even a cough today. Now it's just the, the throat, which, as you know, in radio, eh, you don't really need that. There was a poll done in the state of Wisconsin. The state of Wisconsin took a look at head-to-head matchups. And in the head-to-head matchups, what they found was that Trump and Biden, Trump's ahead by a point. One point. One point. In a head-to-head matchup, Trump is ahead by one. Now, some people will tell you Trump is tied. As I saw it, it was Trump at 50, Biden at 49. People want to say tied. I don't know why you can't just be honest about the thing. Trump is ahead by a point. Haley, that's Nikki Haley, the former ambassador, former governor of South Carolina, she's ahead of Biden by 15. In this poll, Trump is ahead of Biden 50 to 49%. Haley is ahead of Biden 57 to 42%. But in the Wisconsin primary, Trump has 64% of the vote. You do the math. Do the math. Trump is going to get this primary. Nikki Haley is an easier victory in a general. Oh, Tony, she'd never win a general. Nobody. We're not asking the ardent Trump supporter what they think because we know what they think. I'm not dismissing you. I'm stating clearly what it is you think. This is not the first piece of polling that has showed these numbers. So I ask you, what do you want to do with this information? Dismiss it? Okay. We can dismiss it. 
Uh, you can point me, and I can point you, to national polls that show Trump beating Biden and say, see, it's just one poll. Pay it no mind. Okay. But it isn't just one poll, now is it? And this story remains. What I find to be true is that this story, that Nikki Haley would be an easier lift in a general. Remember, we could have had DeSantis. DeSantis would have been an easier lift too. This is not a compelling argument to the base. Not a compelling argument in the primaries. And these things don't mean anything. If you can't win South Carolina, I mean, I broke it down yesterday, as as well as I'm going to break it down on Tony Katz today. You can get the podcast over WIBC.com. Do you know the kind of work that Nikki Haley has to do in South Carolina to even think that she could possibly be relevant for Super Tuesday? Um, It's a massive amount of work. Massive. I'll give you I'll give you an example. You want an example? I'll give you an example. I'm happy to give you an example. Uh the Washington Post Mammoth poll, which was eight hundred and fifteen likely voters. This ended um January thirtieth. Uh, Trump fifty eight, Haley thirty two. That puts Trump ahead twenty six points. Twenty six. So if Haley were to, you know, uh outperform Exceed expectations by 10 points, she's still down double digits. There is a morning consult poll. I'm not really giving it any mind because it ended February 4th. It's 414 registered voters, not necessarily likely voters. And according to this poll, Trump 68, Haley 31. Trump supporters are going to use this poll everywhere. It's over in South Carolina. It's all you're going to see. It's all you're going to see. Um, at 414 registered voters, and I wasn't able to see the, the margin of error, uh, I, I, I dismiss. I dismiss the poll. But it's okay, because Trump's still ahead basically by 30. In order for Nikki Haley to actually think she would have the money to continue into Super Tuesday states, where I only see her winning the northeast states of, of, of Vermont, of Massachusetts, and of Maine, which Republican voters will totally dismiss because they're not going to win those in a general anyway. She'd have to come within single digits. Not even win, coming within single digits. Winning would be a whole different thing. It's not there. I think that's an honest assessment to the situation. It's an equally honest assessment of the situation that nationwide... In a general election, Haley will outperform Donald Trump. Square the circle. Figure out what you want to do. I don't think you're going to change any minds in a primary. I think the cake is baked. I'm just telling you that you've got a tough lift ahead. That's all. Luckily, Trump supporters walk through walls. Uh, and 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 they'll uh, they'll just be convinced that he's going to win. I just don't know if that convinces uh, 
suburban soccer moms. Oh, I know, I know, the election's going to be stolen. I, I ask now, over the past uh, four years, what have you done to prevent those issues? What has the RNC done? What has Trump done? I, I'm only asking, or are you just moaning and bitching? I just want to know. What have you done? Don't tell me about the problem. Tell me what you've done to fix it, not me. No, no, not, what can I do? What have you done to fix it? I would like to know so I can tout it and I can praise your name. Plural, names, glorify. I think that's the thing to do. Uh, there, I, I have some, some news out of Israel, specifically some commentary from the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, but there was a story that over at IUPUI, um, they were offering up a class called Introduction to Bondage Wor- Workshop, where uh, students learn about rope bondage, BDSM, and and, uh, and sex play. And now I'm hearing that it's been canceled. This was put out by Libs of TikTok. Um, uh, first, uh, uh, you know, w- whatever you want to do in the privacy of your own bedroom, you're not going to get an argument from me. Two consenting adults grab the safe word, um, Mine is Stephanopoulos, uh, mainly because that will end all sexual activity. Uh, you, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. I have no judgment. And when I say no judgment, zero, kitten. Do what you do. Like what you like. I know I do. Well, we just got personal, didn't we? Uh, why would this be a class at IEPY? And if it was a class you're proud of, why would a little press from Libs of TikTok force you to cancel it? Or did you not know it was a class at IUPUI, which, which is now IU Indianapolis, uh, which would then, you know, force one to ask, well, then what else do you not know that is a class? If you canceled this because of some press on social media, maybe it's time for an audit of all the classes over at IU Indianapolis or maybe at IU Bloomington. One tweet changes the game? Huh. Let's start with the basics. Why was this a class? I mean, you have to go to college for this? Elon Musk posted a chart. So I should I should at least engage the possibility that what he was shown is um is false. It's possible that what he was given is is untrue and what he shared is untrue. You would say that about anybody on social media, by the way, and if you didn't, I would think that would awkward. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Trust but verify. Check, double check, recheck. I, I do it with social media. I, I do it with news. I do it with my kids. I don't even know how that's not the standard. This was inclusion standards from Disney. So you got to assume they're true. According to the chart, you have on-screen representation, creative leadership, below the line, uh, industry access and career development. According to this, um, that you have, um, for on-screen representation, you have to have three of the five areas need to be fulfilled. Uh, Characters, uh, 50% or more of regular and recurring characters come from underrepresented groups. 50% or more of regular and recurring actors come from underrepresented groups. So the characters and the actors 
Secondary characters. Meaningful inclusion of underrepresented groups as secondary or more minor on-screen individuals, including background actors. The series premiere, meaningful integration of underrepresented group in overall themes and narratives. And episodic storytelling, ongoing meaningful integration of underrepresented groups in episodic themes and narratives. So basically, if if uh, ever uh, Disney makes a movie uh, about an African nation or set in an African nation, I'm looking forward to all the Asian actors they hire. This is this the, the problem here is that this is so believable. You wouldn't believe if it wasn't true. Because this is the radicalness of which people think. Hire good actors. We don't actually care. We don't care whether the actor is white or black or Asian or Hispanic. We care that it's good. No one watched, for example, uh, one of the Marvel films, uh, Shang-Chi, which I think was one of the better Marvel films, and said, honestly, they couldn't find people who are Hispanic to do this? No, 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 no one. No rational mind <laughs> said such a thing. Actors act. I mean, there's a story uh, about actors act uh, that I have. If you get my uh, show sheet over at TonyCats.com, you, you saw this story. This is a story about Richard III. We're talking about some Shakespeare people. Get a little culture in you. A guy by the name, or a guy, one by the name of Michelle Terry. Michelle Terry is the uh, artistic director at the Globe. And Michelle Terry is a woman, and uh, King Richard is uh, a, a, a man, right? But they said, hey, Michelle Terry, here you go. All right, it's odd. It's strange, for sure. But people are upset because uh, uh, Michelle Terry doesn't have the, quote, lived experience to play the king. The people bothered aren't bothered by this being a woman. They're, uh, they're bothered by the fact that Michelle Terry uh, is healthy. Because uh, King Richard should be played by somebody who is uh, disabled. And I don't even know if that's the right term that they use. It's offensive and distasteful for Richard to be portrayed by someone outside the disabled community. This is what they wrote. Actors act. And you know how you show the disability? Acting. Brendan Fraser won an Oscar for The Whale. He's not fat. Actors act. This is what they do. We don't want them to act, and what do we want? You want uh, perfect representation? Dear Lord... How is anybody going to play the part of Stormtroopers in any future Star Wars anything? We don't really have that many clones. This is all madness. And this idea of perfection representation is equal madness. Directors pick a cast, they have a vision, and they go with it. If uh, if what's his name, uh, Jordan Peele, 
wants to make horror movies with all black casts, he's more than welcome to. And if some other director wants to make a horror movie with all white casts, they're more than welcome to. I just think that I should be cast in one of these films. I mean, why not? Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. What does that tell you about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet. Because Anybody listening to Hillary Clinton on this subject is laughable. Because if there's anybody who understands how to engage in manipulation and propaganda, like a former KGB agent, it's Hillary Clinton. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Great to be here. Great to be with you. The phone number, 317-239-9393. Tucker Carlson did an interview with Vladimir Putin. And the left is apoplectic about it. Allow me uh, a moment. First, uh, this was MSNBC, Alex Wagner interviewing Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has nothing to offer. This is nonsense. Well, she's former Secretary of State. Yeah, how'd the reset go? Thank you. Thank you very, very much. She has nothing to offer in this conversation. The fact that Tucker Carlson got the interview, well, this has a tremendous number of media types angry, infuriated, and they will immediately go to uh, a, a thing, things like this, this Aaron Burnett on CNN, look at what a Putin spokesperson at the Kremlin had to say. We receive many requests for interviews with the president. There is no desire to communicate with such media outlets, and there is hardly any point in it. There is hardly any benefit from it. He has a position that differs from the others. And Tucker Carlson indeed does have a position that differs from the others. He doesn't believe in being involved in Ukraine at all. I think he's wrong. When I see people post uh, that Russia is not a threat to NATO, that's an unseriousness that simply cannot be abided. Of course, Vladimir Putin is a threat to NATO. Of course, he's a threat. And to say otherwise is indeed laughable. It's, it's to say that his own words somehow have no bearing on his own words. Tucker sees it differently. Okay. Lots of people see things differently. You know, there are people out there who actually think that Israel is the problem and not Hamas. It's unbelievable. I know, right? Like, where, do they, where are these people from? Ridiculous, ridiculous, pathetic people. My God. I, luckily, luckily, they're not in the real world. They just run universities. The issue, of course, is not that Tucker had an interview with Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. It's not an issue. You don't think he's a journalist? No one cares if you think he's a journalist. What does that matter? It doesn't change reality. If I got the interview, would I be allowed to do it? Or am I now a Russian puppet? The conversation has to be about what's in the interview. And I have seen what people have put out as uh, transcripts. 
I've read some, certainly not all of, of the interview, and I will watch it. But I will tell you as, 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 as clear as day that if there is an editing at play that tries to make a Putin look like a sympathetic character, I will have words. Putin is a killer, Putin is a thug, Putin is a danger, Putin is a threat, and anybody who says otherwise is out of their head, including Tucker Carlson. You want to hear what Putin has to say? Go do the interview. Share it. We can then decide. We're grown-ups. We don't all have to agree. But I'll have some serious words for it. I will look very askew at people who think that somehow Vladimir Putin is the good guy. That doesn't necessarily make Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine a great guy. Couldn't they both be total scumbags? But one total scumbag invaded another total scumbag. So let's discuss what that is. I am stunned by the people who think that somehow we don't have to worry about Vladimir Putin. You really want to put him on the border with Poland? That's insane. That is a ridiculous construct from people who don't understand history and I believe don't understand any level of security. Well, it's not our business. We don't have to get involved. Uh, You're just not correct about this. And it's a difference in an approach. And the difference is, I think my way keeps us alive. Creates a safer society. And that's why I favor bullets for Ukraine. Let the, they, they are the ones who have to have this fight. I don't believe in putting a troop on the ground. I never have. I never believed in no-fly zones. I've been very, very clear. But of course, I believe that Ukraine should be able to defend itself, even if Vladimir Zelensky is a scumbag. Because of NATO and because of our relationship, because of treaties, I don't want Russia on the border with Poland. If only because I've read a book. You're going to try and convince me that uh, Putin is the good guy and on America's side and a friend? This KGB agent? If you fall for that, you're nuts. Am I going to prejudge what Tucker Carlson fell for? No. I'm going to watch the interview. What I'm certainly not going to do is listen to Hillary Clinton. That liar. That known liar and known fraud. She doesn't get to have a say in anything.